Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey, you guys, this is Marnie, and welcome back to another edition of Marnie's Friends. We are in for some great training today with our guest, Ellie Kay, and we're going to be talking about lean bodies and fat wallets instead of fat bodies and lean wallets, of course, and so we're going to learn all kinds of stuff, including the commonalities of fat cells and fat sales, so the four key habits to tame both. She's going to teach us about budget hotspots, how to factor in your uh, budget hotspots and how to build around those. You can get the same fitness and financial page as your husband so that you guys can move forward together. And also the one piece of the finance and fitness advice that can change everything for you from this day forward. That's all in this hour. And our guest today is Ellie Kay. She's best known as the family financial expert in America. And she's here for an hour of training to help you master your body and your budget. She's the best-selling author of 14 books, including her newest book, Lean Body, Fat Wallet, and the 60-Minute Money Workout, and also Living Rich for Less. She's a popular international speaker and media guest, currently seen on ABC News Now as one of their experts. And also, as a popular columnist, she writes for six national magazines. Maybe most impressive, Ellie's married to Bob, a retired USAF fighter pilot, and they have seven children. So she's here today to talk to us how we can lean up physically and fatten up financially. Ellie, welcome to you. Thank you so much. Great to be with you today, Marnie. I appreciate it. Well, and I'm excited to learn what you have to share. I know when I uh, got your book, and I'm holding it here, Lean Body, Fat Wallet, um, there were some things in here that I thought, you know, I haven't really thought about that before. And I think that that's really what your gift is, is maybe we think we've heard it all, we think we've, you know, studied this before, but you have a way of really um, maybe bubbling to the surface some thought processes that were just, we didn't even know we should have them. And that's what I really like about your work, Ellie. So let's go ahead and talk about, uh, you do this little plan where fat cells, like in our body, C-E-L-L-S, and that sales, like at the store, and you have some habits for taming both. So maybe back up just a second and tell us where you started thinking about the combination of fat cells and fat sales. Well, one of the things that my co-author, Dana Dimitri, who is a health and fitness coach, uh, one of the things we discovered was that a lot of the negative habits uh, that get you into trouble uh, can be um, turned around to become positive habits and get you out of trouble. Whether uh, you're looking at your health, and that's where the fat cells with a C-E-L-L-S came in, or whether it comes to your wealth, and um, that's where we're talking about sales that we may be susceptible to when it comes to that tation that we all face. When you and Dana were going through this, was there like an aha moment where you went, oh my goodness, this, these are parallel? Yes, you know, and one of the things that we found were that there were four key habits, and um, these are the habits whether you're looking at your health or your wealth, 
and they're the habits that drive our lives. And uh, the first habit was the you are what you think habit. And and that is basically um, along the lines of the scripture that says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if you think, oh, well, I'm just always going to have debt. I might as well just slap out this credit card rather than turning it around to saying, you know, I think I want to become debt-free. I think I'm going to work on getting rid of this. And the same can go for your your health, whether you commit yourself to just remaining 30 pounds overweight and never really exercising, all the way to where you decide, you know what, I'm going to get this temple uh, in better working order. And so that's the the first habit is that you are what you think habit. You know, it's bringing up two words to my mind that's either resigned or resolved. I mean, you can either just stay how you've been thinking all along, and then, of course, you're going to have the same results, or else you can resolve to begin a process in the next direction. One of the things I do with Kelsey Elia's um, 21-day wins, and I encourage people to start very gradually. We're going to talk about this a little bit through the hour, too. Start very gradually instead of saying, I'm never going to have sugar again or something kind of major like that. You might just say, you know, for the next 21 days, I'm just going to read an article a day about what sugar is doing to my body, you know, or about findings about sugar recently. Instead of diving full in, and it's, it's so true that our, our thoughts are so powerful and they're really rooted deep down inside of us. It's not something that we can just get up one morning and say, I'm going to change all my thinking today. It won't work that way, will it? Well, it won't. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked about, and, and Marnie, you know this to be true, is that in the human brain, the most dominant thought wins. And a lot of times we operate on autopilot when it comes to the habits that we incorporate into our lives. So if you can change your thought patterns and get them to line up from a more um, truthful perspective and a biblical perspective, then these thoughts that drive your emotions and habits are going to become the thoughts that line up with where you want to go. And you're going to find yourself getting, um, finding the resource and the tools to be able to get healthier both fiscally and physically. Love that. You are what you think. What is the second key? The second habit uh, that we talk about are ways that you can overcome temptation uh, specifically, and we call it the 3D habit. That is that you determine, you distract, and you delay. And so let's just take it into the grocery store. Um, when we're, we're going to uh, buy our, our food for the week, and we determine two things, that we're going to stay on budget and then we're going to buy healthy options for our family. And so that's the very first step. Number two, uh, what does that mean? That means you're probably not going to go uh, down the uh, bread aisle when they're baking fresh bread if you want to stay away from carbs. So you're going to distract yourself uh, from those kinds of things. And then the third one is delay. If you're in the store and there's something that you want to get but you may not, it may not fit your budget or it may not fit your health lifestyle, then just delay that purchase. Walk past that item on the shelf and say, okay, you know, maybe I'll come back to it at the very end of the shop. Or like if you're in the mall and you see something on sale but it's not in your budget, just say, you know, I'll come back in three days. And if it's still there, uh, then I'll get it. But if it's not, then I won't. And, and what happens is that, you know, 99% of the time you're, you're, you're distracted enough and you've delayed that action to where you're not going to give in to the temptation to go off of the plan that you have for your health and your wealth. Yeah, for sure. I know for me, when detoxing off of, you know, anything like Diet Coke or sugar or whatever, um, if I could do that, if I could determine that I wanted to do it, and, and honestly, you know, we really 
maybe go back up to up to be there for a minute, the sustainable lifestyle habit, but um, the determination is kind of the first step there, isn't it? It's to really figure out what you do want. If you're if if you're not clear about that, chances are you're not going to be willing to distract or delay. Right, and and that's why I think it's really important in a lot of these things to have accountability. So we find people that are like-minded. They're going to ask us how we did that week on our budget or on our health plan. And we know that when we have to answer them, we want to tell them the truth. And, and I think that one of the ways that we can develop new habits is to be around like-minded people and to have them call, hold us accountable. Sometimes that may be your spouse. Sometimes it may be your BFF. Um, it might even be a group that gets together to do that. But that's why places like Weight Watchers are so successful, because there's accountability and uh, places like Crown Financial Ministries that have their great Bible studies. There's that built-in uh, system to where you're going to have to kind of answer for some of the habits that you have and the choices that you make during the week, and that helps you intrinsically to make better choices. I want to go back to the second point, which was um, sustainable lifestyle habits. One of the things that you have in your book when you're talking about establishing a new plan, like a new budget for calories or maybe a new budget for finances or whatever, is that that you have the basic premise set up, the thing that you want to do, and then you have some wiggle room. You, you build in wiggle room. And this is one of the things that I'm a strong proponent of. So many times we set up a new plan, but it's too stringent. It's really impossible for us to sustain that level of intention and involvement over the long haul, and so then we give up on it. What do you find with the sustainable lifestyle habit? What, what are some of the keys to making it work? Marnie, one of the things that we found is that if, if you have a goal and you try to aim at it, then you can hit it. But if you don't have a goal, uh, then you're not going to hit it because you don't even know what it is. So when it comes to doing something that's sustainable, you have to ask yourself the question, is this something that I can see myself doing day after day, week after week, month after month for the rest of my life? And if the answer to that is no, then the chances are really good that you don't have a plan that is sustainable. So what that looks like is people will go on a fad diet, maybe a liquid fast. Well, is that sustainable? No. And so if you lose weight that way, then it's chances are you're not going to be able to keep it off because you haven't changed the other habits that lead up to this sustainable lifestyle habit uh, that you wanted to talk about again, Marnie, because it's so important. Um, in terms of your finances, the way that looks is if you set up a budget that is so restrictive that you have, we're never going to go out to eat, we're not going to take a vacation, you know, we are going to get out of debt. You know, this is what we're going to do to get out of debt. And you cut out all the fun then you're kind of your set up and setting yourself and your family up for failure because we have to have something that has a little bit of wiggle room that we can live with that's better than what we had before and that will lead us to the goals that we want to achieve. I love how you said that, that you can, you can test if this is going to be a sustainable lifestyle habit, if it's something that you can see yourself doing day after day, week after week, month after month for life. Otherwise, what you're really doing is you're saying, I'm making a short-term commitment. That's really exactly. what it is. Yeah, yeah. you and nailed it on the head. That is right. Difference. 
between a sustainable lifestyle habit and a short-term commitment. So, so I think that that's really great, and that takes us then back to that 3D habit, the determined distract delay. Once you have determined whether you're making a short-term commitment and you've got your goal in mind, or you're making a sustainable lifestyle change, you're adopting a new habit for life, you've determined that clearly, and you're saying, I'm only doing this for a day, a week, a month, or whatever, or you're saying, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And once you're there, that's where really the willpower, the intention is set, and you have the heart to say, I choose to distract myself, I choose to delay because I'm going for this very important goal in my life, right? I mean, without, without being really clear about that, um, you just can't do it. That is so true. And, and, you know, as you mentioned earlier in the intro, I've been married to a fighter pilot uh, for over 25 years now. And when he would have emergencies in the cockpit, he would go back to his training. And he knew that when something came up, um, that he was trained to go back to set, reset the switches, you know, do certain emergency procedures. And in some ways, that's what the 3D habit is like. You have set up ahead of time, okay, if I go to this party and I know that there are going to be all these other kinds of unhealthy food options, you know, what is my plan? What am I going to do uh, to distract myself, to delay myself? The same thing happens when you go into the mall or when you go online. Uh, to buy some things. You know, you have to have in your training something built in that is so intuitive and so um, nailed down to your fiber of what what your being is that you're going to be able to stick to it. And um, that is something that everybody will have to uh, hammer out individually as to what that's going to look like for them. But the point is that you have a plan, and then when the temptation arises, then you're going to stick to that plan. Love it, love it, love it. This is Marty Swedberg visiting today with L.E.K. of L.E.K.com. We're going to come right back and talk about the in and out habit, budget hotspots, and the one piece of finance and fitness advice that can change everything for you from this day forward. We'll be right back. The fastest and easiest way to find out which major women's events are coming to your area is to visit www.womensevents.info. That's women's events.info. It's the only directory of its kind and it features all of the major events like Women of Faith, Beth Moore, eConference Women, and so many others. It's free to search and you can find it all at womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Sledberg. We're visiting today with L.E.K. of L.E.K.com. That's E-L-L-I-E-K-A-Y.com. The author of a great new book called Lean Body, Fat Wallet. And we were just talking about the 3D habit, which is determined to strap Before we move on, Ellie, I just wanted to spend a moment there because you talked about an example of being at a party and having chosen to not um, engaged in the eating of all of the foods, maybe you've chosen, you know, you can have two or whatever you've made your decision ahead of time, and then you go distract, delay. So can you give us just a couple real-life examples of distract and then also a couple real-life examples of delay? Well, certainly, Marnie. Let's go back to that party again. And let's say that you're trying to make a healthy lifestyle choice. Um, one of the ways that you're going to do that is to distract yourself by drinking water before you go. That kind of fills you up and you have this 
sense of, um, okay, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit more full here. I'm not walking into the party starving and just hungry. Um, another way uh, that you can distract yourself is to get a smaller plate and to go ahead and make that first go-round of food that you get. Let's say it's a buffet or um, they're just hors d'oeuvres type of things that are setting out. Fill it up with vegetables and fruit. So get some healthy choices going on and walk away from that table and uh, when you're doing that you, that is a distraction because now uh, you're eating you're talking with other people and you're visiting and then the delay comes in at that party when you decide okay I'm going to do these other things first um, I'm going to allow myself one of the mini cheesecakes you know I'm going to allow myself something else maybe and, and if you're off sugar completely it may be uh, something different um, that you want to allow yourself but you're going to delay that until maybe the very end of the party. And, hey, you know, you may go back to the table and all those little cheesecakes you wanted are gone. And so that kind of takes care of it itself. But these are kind of examples of things that you can do on a real practical level um, to be able to uh, reach your goals and to be able to kind of set your switches, as my husband would say as a fighter pilot, ahead of time to be able to have success. I love that. And I, I like the idea of delay. Um, distract, I think I was pretty familiar with before, but the delay is such a great plan too. And I've actually done that more accidentally in my life where I think um, I, w- I really want something. If I just wait, it might go away. But if you just build that in and say, you know, if I'm still really dying for this an hour from now, I'm just going to have one. But right now, I just want to, I just want to you know, go for my goal, really, and and bring the goal up to the front of the mind again instead of just the thing that's being the temptation. It's amazing how, how often an hour later or a day later or whatever, that thing is no longer important to us. It's just in the moment. It's just so, <laughs> I guess I, I compare it to lust, you know, in the moment it's just overwhelming. You know, you've got to have it right now no matter what the cost. And um, we don't want to be living there. We want to live a very, um, I don't know, intentional life where we aren't just giving in to all of the temptations and distractions that come to us. So talk to us about the in and out habit. Well, it's funny because those that are listening to us um, that maybe were from California originally are going to automatically think of in and out hamburgers, which are some of the the best uh, hamburgers in the free world. But that's not what we're actually talking about. Uh, The in and out habit basically is where you are going to determine your bottom line physically and financially. Um, And what it comes down to is to lose weight, you're going to put less food in, burn more calories out. Uh, To lose debt, you're going to put less money uh, out, less money on purchases, and you're going to put more money into savings so that those things, the in and out habit, become something that will help you reach your goals. And you know, what we found was in this habit that is that the small stuff, it really does add up. I mean, Dana has this thing called the four cracker factor, um, that if you just eat four crackers that are above your calorie intake every single day for a year, you're going to gain 10 pounds. And so it shows you how the little things really add up. And then um, we did the, you know, crunch the numbers on the financial side of it and saw that, you know, five bend on that latte instead of putting it into a specific savings account over the course of 20 years is the equivalent of paying cash for a sports car. So these things really do add up, and that's what the in and out habit is all about, is uh, just making those determinations that uh, will help you reach your goals. 
in the book, you actually spend some time helping people set that up. Maybe tell us about what that looks like in the book. Well, yes. You know, one of the things that we do is we have worksheets throughout this book, and it shows people how to track what they're, what's happening. And, and that's a big part of it, whether it, you're tracking the in and out habit through budgeting, and I have a great budgeting tool on my website at lek.com, or whether you're tracking it when it comes to your health. Uh, my Fitness Pal is a free app that is a really great way to be able to track your intake and uh, how much you're burning in terms of act physical activity. So we ask people to consider some in and out statements when it comes to putting together what this habit looks like in their own lives. And that is, you know, they will know exactly how much they eat and spend each day. Uh, they're going to read labels for calories and prices when they buy food. Uh, they're going to purpose to maintain a very active lifestyle and to maintain a budget. Uh, they will determine that they're going to exercise four or more times every week and that they're going to have a goal of saving money every single month. So we actually have all of these worksheets that you can start to fill these things out and personalize it for your family because if it's not put down on paper, uh, chances are better than not. It's just not going to happen. So it's important to take these goals that you have to transfer them to paper and then to map out a plan to achieve those goals. Let's go ahead and be really practical here and just come up with five for each of these for the listeners. So if we were going to say we're going to take less food in, um, one way I could see is to just cut my portions in half. You know, just just say, you know what, I, I can, at least for temporary, I might do this for the rest of my life, but at least for right now I want to cut my portions in half. What's, a, what's some other ways we can just easily um, make small two-degree two turns that can really make a difference in our intake? Well, you could cut your portions in half. That definitely works. One of the things that Dana talks about is that when it comes to food is to not eat anything past 6 o'clock. So that means you have your dinner uh, earlier in the evening, and then you're done eating by 6. And that one little tip in and of itself is something that can help people uh, lose all kinds of weight. And, and she has case after case study of people that she's worked with that have just made that one change, and you know they've lost 30 pounds over the course of three months, and, and it yeah. really does add up. So that's another way uh, that can really yeah. be helpful. And, and another thing is just to park your car a little bit further out in the parking lot every day when you go to work and to take the okay, stairs so instead that, of the That'd be the more energy out. That'd be the more energy out, right? Okay, yes, so let's exactly. ask an example for there. Park car, take steps, right? Um, right. So, so another another less in um, could be to uh, to exchange something. You could exchange like chips for carrot sticks or, you know, just one exchange. Um, right. What are some other ways we could do less in that would be um, two degree turns small? Well, uh, my daughter, my daughter would. Uh, she just eliminate at one point. She just eliminated all sauces. She just decided I didn't need dressing or, or um, you know, uh, gravies. And and she later, after she reached her goal weight, now she actually has sauces. But she had to do that in order to get her body to release the excess pounds. Well, yes, and you know, one really simple way to take less in is to replace um, the beverage that may be caloric that you've been drinking with water. I mean, we all know we need to drink water more anyway. And, and so I instead of having a soda or a, a latte or a frappuccino, is just to replace that with water so that you're having less coming in on a regular basis. 
That's great. Okay, and then more out. Okay, park the car further away. Take the stairs instead of the elevator. What's a couple other ways that we can just easily increase the um, caloric use during the day? Well, one of the things that people can do is to just take a quick walk around the block uh, with your spouse before dinner and then or after dinner and to increase that a little bit more every day. And before you know it, you'll find that maybe you're walking a a quick little mile after dinner um, to be able to connect with your spouse again and also to be able to increase that uh, activity level to burn more calories. Absolutely. I'm going to share one, and then I'm going to have you share one more here. Um, one of the things that I did starting a couple of years ago was to add eight-second bursts to my workout. So whether I'm swimming or whether I'm doing the elliptical, I just every minute or so or every lap in the pool, I take eight seconds and go very fast. And what that does is it really boosts the metabolic uh, rate, and it keeps it up higher for the workout and even after the workout. So that's one of the things. I'm using the exact same amount of time. I was using before, I'm just getting a better workout by doing that. What's another one that you have in mind? Well, another one uh, that Dana has talked about also is the idea of every day when you get out of bed, uh, whether you're going to go ahead and go work out or not, is to do uh, 10, start with 10 push-ups and 10 sit-ups, and then to increase that by one a day uh, up until maybe 25 even that you're doing at a time. And that little bit of extra activity that you're doing, not only will you gain when it comes to strength, but you're going to be burning um, also a little bit more because you're going to be building some muscle. And to be honest, Marnie, most of the people that might be listening to us right now, just the average person, does not have nearly enough muscle mass uh, when it comes to their weight and their frame. Um, And, of course, the more muscle mass that you have, the more calories that you're going to burn. So by starting out very simply, and you know what I do, quite frankly, when I do my morning push-ups and sit-ups, I am actually praying for my son in Afghanistan, and I, every one of those, I'm, I'm praying for one of his men. He commands a troop of 40 men, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I, I have been doing 41 uh, push-ups and sit-ups, and then once you've mastered that, you can add it to your evening program um, before dinner maybe, do those. It does not take long. It, it only takes maybe, you know, depending on how many you're doing, but it only takes five to ten minutes to be able to crank those out. And that little bit of activity, burning a little bit day after day, week after week, month after month, it really adds up. That's so true. When you were talking about it not taking very much time, I think we get this in our head that everything important has to take so much time, but it oftentimes is in the little habits that we get the biggest results over a period of time because it's like the tortoise and the hare, you know, I mean, you just keep on plugging away at these little habits. I I recently read through the whole Bible in about six weeks. And then after that, it was like, Ellie, I was like, I don't know what to do to follow that up, you know. Right. <laughs> like, what do you do? What do you do for fun after that? You know, because that was so much fun. And I was like, I don't know how to follow that up. But then I just had this idea that I would just listen in my headset. I would just listen through one book of the Bible repeatedly, like a hundred times. I would just go through it as just total immersion in one book of the Bible. And I picked the book of James. Well, what I found is that it takes 16 minutes. 16 minutes to listen to the entire book of James. Well, if I'm on the elliptical for 40 minutes, I can listen to two whole times, plus have time to actually talk to God about it a little bit too, or one time and have more prayer time. You know, when we add these little uh, these little ha- habits to what we're already doing, it just makes such a big difference. Let's transfer over now from physical and talk about financial. So how do we do less out? 
financially? What are some simple ways people have found to really uh, spend less and it's not terribly painful? Well, it's really kind of interesting. Uh, one of the things that we found is a lot of things that are good for your health are also good for your wealth. And it, when it comes to uh, putting less out financially, a very simple way you can do is start to share meals um, with your BFF over lunch or with maybe your spouse or uh, maybe even with one of your children if you're going out to dinner with them. And that is to start to split meals. It's going to cut of the cost of your food in half, uh, and it's also going to cut your caloric intake in half, and it's a really good choice. I don't know if you were paying attention to that, but that was actually our first less in strategy was to cut the portion in half. This way, instead right. of just cutting the portion in half, you're actually sharing it with a friend, which is awesome. Um, okay, so does this one apply over nothing past 6 p.m.? You never can spend money after 6 p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. But, no, the other one applies, Marnie, that we already talked about, and that's the whole idea of water. Um, you know, rather than buying, you know, water, spending right? 253 dollars um, And as a matter of fact, you know, one of the things we talk about uh, in Lean Body Fat Wallet is the idea of passing this on to the next generation. So what right. we would do in our family is we would give them a budget for going out to eat, and we would give our kids, and we right. would say, look, we're, we'd spend $10 on you, and they would you know, forego the soda and be able to pocket another $2 because they get to keep what they don't spend. Nice. Way to go. <laughs> awesome. This is Marty visiting the VA with L.E.K. of L.E.K.com and her new book, Lean Body Fat Wallet. We're going to come right back and talk a little bit more about in-out and budget hotspots. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Are you registered to receive the Marnie Minute? Have you sometimes missed out on training or connection opportunities because you didn't know about them in advance? Visit Marnie.com and select Free Updates to receive email notifications so you will never miss a beat. That's Free Updates over at Marnie.com. Hey, welcome back. If you missed it and are just joining us now, we're visiting today with L.E.K., our guest from lek.com and the author of Lean Body Fat Wallet. We've been talking about less in, more out. Right now we're talking about less out and we're talking about money and how to spend less. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier um, was about the, um, the $5 lattes or whatever, and that's just not only that. That, that. that really applies across the board. What is it that you're doing that's a daily habit that you could maybe stop doing? So one example is instead of going into the um, gas station whenever you fill up gas, just stay outside and pay at the pump. You're just going to save whatever money you would have spent in the store grabbing something. <laughs> What's another one that we could just easily apply out, Ellie? Right. You know, I think um, that another one that you can do on a regular basis, and, and millennials really love this, teens and millennials love this tip, and that is to add to your smartphone the RetailMeNot.com app. And what that does is when you're in the store, when you're online, um, there's over 400,000 coupon codes. And so when you get to the checkout at that favorite store of yours at the mall, just look up on the app and see what kinds of in-store 
discounts that they have. And you can use a coupon code right there at the register, and you can save a lot of money that way. We do that regularly, uh, and it's amazing how it really adds up over the course of time. So every time you buy anything online or in a store, just check RetailMeNot.com so you can put in that app, and it can save anywhere from $5 all the way up to a couple hundred dollars depending on what you're buying. Now I can hear everybody yelling, say that slower. What is that, what is that website or app name? <laughs> it's, it's, they're, they're both. It's, the, it's a website and an app. It's called Retail Me, and I don't work for them, uh, but it's just uh, something that we do in our family, and I've shared it with thousands of other people around the world. And even military families that I shared this with overseas will write me and say, you know, we did this and we tracked our savings. We saved over $500 a year just by taking the time to look up the coupon codes at that using that app. RetailMeNot.com. Okay. What are some ways that we can increase what we're putting into savings? Um, the kind of the obvious one is to just make it an auto-deduct. And uh, I know um, we've had, now we own businesses ourselves, but in the past when uh, Davis worked for corporations, we've had the opportunity to do a, a matching fund where we put in an amount and the company matches it. That's just like do that for sure. Uh, what are a few other ways that we can add to the savings account? Well, those are both really great ways. And one of the main ways that I recommend is that when you save at one point, so we've just discussed different ways that you can um, you know, spend less money. At that point of savings, then you transfer that money that you've saved into your savings account. And let me give you an example. I think that once a year we need to evaluate our automobile policy. And in audiences when I speak live, I will have people raise their hand and ask them how many people do it every single year. And the Oh, I would probably say that 8 out of 10 people do not reevaluate it every single year. And by doing that, you can literally save hundreds of dollars, even if you don't switch over, because you get a better price, you take it back to your existing provider, and then you say, look, if I switch to GEICO, I can save $500. And then it's amazing how they want to keep your business, and they ask you a few questions, and they find these other discounts that you do qualify for. So let's say you save $300, which is very, very possible. As a matter of fact, that's the average savings when people reevaluate their automobile policy. So you save that $300, and you immediately write a check or go online and transfer over that amount into your savings account or put it towards consumer debt or some other type of proactive goal that is going to help build your health when it comes to your finances. I love that. You know what's all inside of me though is I'm like, okay, do you get to do like a 10% um, splurge thing off of it ever? I mean, do you allow yourself <laughs> to take some of that hard work that you did and actually play with it? Well, you can, but here's the beauty of it. There are so many tips that I have shared in this resource that you can be able, they're called 15 minutes tips, and you're not putting a lot of hard work into it. So if you want to take 10%, go ahead and knock yourself out. But it doesn't take more than 15 minutes to do a lot of these uh, different ideas that can save you hundreds of dollars. Awesome. Well, let's move on to talking about budget hotspots. 
and how to factor in your financial fitness level. You've actually got a section in the book about this um, that you, you do like a sample one and then you have a place for us to actually fill in our stuff. Maybe talk to us about financial fitness. Um, how, how bad a shape are we in? <laughs> right. Well, you know, I think that one of the things that we have to do is we have to evaluate where we are so that we can know where we want to go. And so when it comes to a lot of the different questions that we ask in this resource to be able to help people determine where they are, you know, one of the things that we ask them is, you know, how um, are how what is your debt load like? I mean, are you borrowing from one a bill to pay another bill. You know, that could be an indication that you're not as financially fit as you may think you are. And uh, what was your favorite one when you looked over that list, Marnie? Well, I don't know. I'm um I've got it kind of open here and I think that I think that what I liked about it was that you kind of have um a general direction for like like how much of it should go like where instead of just saying you know, we can spend so much on our house um, to be able to say that's too much. You know, that maybe should be reanalyzed. Right. Right, exactly. And, you know, I think that um, as we look at where we are, let's just take the budget, for example. Um, when it comes to a sample budget, you know, you look at what your spending levels are right now, and then you look at what may be recommended in a budgeting tool to see where you want to go. Okay, I want to get, you know, our spending levels down for our housing instead of being 33%, I'd like to get it down to 30% as to what we're spending on our housing. What does that look like? Uh, that means I might need to refinance the loan that we have if we can get it at a lower interest rate, which means we'd have a lower house payment. It may me mean that we start to save on utilities in certain areas to be able to do that. So as you're evaluating, for example, that budget and you see where you'd like to go, then you can look at what it would take to get there. And oftentimes, there's just a series of small changes that you make. Uh, for example, getting a programmable thermostat that will automatically uh, set your thermostat at a way that where you can be able to save money. It's a, about a $35 investment, and yet it can save hundreds of dollars over the course of a year. So these are all ways that you can kind of determine your fiscal health in a variety of areas uh, to be able to see where you can improve that health to be able to reach your goals of paying off consumer debt, of funding a retirement plan, of putting money towards college for your kids, all the different financial goals that you may have. Yeah, I like it. And, and just the ability to step back and say, okay, just because I've been spending this much in this one category of my life doesn't mean I should keep doing that. I maybe need to step back and say, that's too much for that category. I can do better than that. There's a, there's a way to increase my financial fitness here. And how about on the food side? Now, you talk about the um, BMR, the, um, the, or the RMR, the Resting Metabolic Rate Body Budget, and you actually approach this as if it's a budget. I, I love that concept. Well, yes, you know, and, and that was uh, Dana's area of expertise, and, and it's just incredible when you look at what am I going to budget? Um, because we, we all have a limited amount of calories that we can, um, we can take in 
that before it starts to show up uh, on the scale. And so we look at, okay, am I going to budget my calories here? Am I going to budget them there? And also knowing that if you add activity into that, then that will change that uh, as well to where you can perhaps, uh, you know, go to that birthday party and have a piece of cake because during the whole week you've exercised an extra half hour every day uh, to be able to do that. And, um, you know, I love some of the strategies that Dana has come up for the resting metabolic rate. And, and basically what she's saying is to never eat less than your RMR, um, to be able to support that healthy metabolism um, by doing a number of things every day, including muscle work. You know, we talked about the push-ups and sit-ups, and that would definitely qualify. And then, you know, one of the other things that she recommends is to support that metabolism with frequent aerobic exercise, you know, walking briskly, um, even 15 or 20 minutes in the morning and the evening, um, almost every day. Those kinds of things can really boost your RMR. I think it's so important. She says step number one, never eat less than your resting metabolic rate. And, and there's the calculations in here to find that. But what um, some of the research that I've been doing lately, there's a, there's a clinic, and I can't remember the name of it, but there's, there's um, chances all over the country, um, offices, but they work specifically with women who have messed up metabolisms. And it's so easy for us to do that as women because we go below this rate and we really slow down the metabolism. And what they found there is that you can't go lower than this for more than like five days is what they recommend before you're going to mess up your metabolism. So if you were going to say, I'm going to really cut back, you know, and really not eat very much for a little while, just do it a couple days. Don't, don't try to do it on and on. Keep it right where it's supposed to be and then gradually burn off, um, burn off the rest of the calories. I, I love that and it's so important. It talks a lot in here about the calories and then it also has the activity chart so that you can see how many calories you're going to have different, how much, how much it really takes to come up to 3,500 calories um, a pound. Uh, and, and what you can do about that. Excellent. Let's move on, um, Ellie, to how we can get on the same fitness and financial page as our spouse. And I know that a lot of people, this is this is hard. There's there's usually in a marriage, there's usually going to be one person who's financially astute and one person who's not so much. You know, and then you've got the marriages that neither of them are and the marriages that both of them are. <laughs> but most of our marriages, you know, we've got one person who's just really better at it than the other person. And typically, same with the physical side of things. Right. And, you know, I think it's important to uh, balance our strengths and weaknesses and to realize that, okay, I may not be naturally better with money or I may not naturally love exercise, but that doesn't mean that that's, any excuse to just kind of give it all up and so my husband in our family is the born spender he has a fabulous work ethic I mean he was out pulling weeds at the age of seven but his money never saw the inside of his pocket so he loved to spend money and when we got married I I didn't realize it but I married into forty thousand dollars of credit card debt and so Mm -hmm. We had to make some pretty radical changes, and one of the ways that we did this was uh, we decided that we were going to get on the same sheet of music, and we set up a budget together. We discussed all of these things together, and then we had checks and balances built into our finances, and we would only discuss it one hour a week, and that's real critical. Uh, I actually have... uh, 
a exercise I called the 60-minute money workout, and that is where you set up a start time and an end time, and you will discuss a specific topic, whether it's budgeting or paying down debt or the vacation you want to take or how to start a retirement account, whatever financial topic it is, and then you spend a very strategic hour talking for five minutes, ten minutes, depending on the section, to make progress. And then you table it and talk about it again next week. That keeps you from arguing about money, and it helps you to be able to reach your goals together without fighting about the topic. So do you have any, like, game rules for that? <laughs> so that Absolutely. Um, it isn't, Absolutely. Yeah, so what are, what are some yeah. of the basic ground rules? Well, there's no condescension. Okay, there's there's no throwing food. We don't allow that either. Um, there's, there, there is no such thing as a stupid question because, you know, if someone's more astute than the other one, no eye rolls allowed, you know, that kind of thing. So it, there's going to be mutual respect, and that is something that's very clearly established. And we, we actually have people start it and end that one hour by saying something positive to your spouse. Even something like, you know, thank you for being willing to do this. And then another one is no interruptions. So everyone gets to finish what they're going to say. And in some, one of the ways, if you have a bad habit of interrupting, you can actually take a, uh, a spoon and pass it back and forth. When you're done talking, you mm -hmm. pass it to them. And, then, and that gets you in the habit of that, which is something Bob and I really had a problem with. But all of these exercises and this practice can really help you get on the same sheet of music. That's so cool. Love all those. That's just great. I was thinking one of the things that Dave and I do, especially when we're coming into a conversation we think may be difficult for one of us or even just usually though before we talk about something that's, you know, I mean, if we're going to talk about something for an hour, we've obviously given it a lot of credibility and as something important. And we'll just start with prayer too. And, and it's amazing how praying together just reduces the um, self-centeredness and brings us into a, a level playing field of humility before God and before each other and just really reduces the amount of stress that we get into <laughs> during the, that is so during true. the conversation. Yes. Yeah, so the, it's crazy yes. that way too. How about, how about physically? How do, how do spouses move from having their own independent approach to food and fitness um, to being more on the same page with that one? I think that one of the things that's really important is to sit down with your spouse and talk about your physical goals. And as you said earlier, Marnie, it seems that sometimes one spouse is a little bit more tuned in to the physical than the other one is. And, of course, there's exceptions to that rule as well. But I think it's really important to sit down and to talk to your spouse about your health goals and to, to get on the same sheet in that way. Let's just take something real simple, and that is sugar. I mean, there's nothing that you read about sugar that's good for you. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that's bad for everybody. Um, just if nothing else, uh, mood swings uh, when it comes to a, a, a male or a female. So that is something that you can discuss as a family and decide, okay, we're going to minimize our sugar, and we may eventually even cut that out of our diets, but it's something um, that you can definitely maybe start with to, to discuss what kinds of goals um, that you're going to establish to be able to reach your goal uh, when it comes to your physical health. I love that, and I think that's so important that we are 
open and receptive to what God is doing in the other person's heart, whether it's financially or physically. At the time, um, two years ago, this January, well, in December, my husband read a book, and we, we have a retail store that has a bookstore as part of it. And we sell your book, Valley, of course, but um, oh, thank you. we... We have, uh, there was a book that had sold over 150 copies in a short period of time, which for our bookstore is a lot of one book because um, we're just in a real small town. And it was called Eat to Live. And so he just thought, you know, this is just flying off the shelf. I should just read it. And so he bought it home and he read it, and it was very convincing and compelling information about the health of our health of our nation and our own health and what's really in our foods. And, and he really, he said, I, I, wanted, I want us to do this. Well, it was, it was a huge change for me, for all of us. It was really a big change. And yet we did it, and we continue to move more toward that lifestyle all the time. You have to be willing to even kind of go with your partner, even if you didn't have any inclination of doing that yourself. There has to be a willingness to say, I'm willing to try. I'm willing to do this with you. And what we set up at that point, he said, just let's do it for six weeks and let's see what happens. And both of us saw so much positive benefit from weeks that we said, this is, some, this is the direction we want to keep going. So I just encourage you, even if you're way at opposite spectrums from your spouse and financial or physical um, thought processes, to go ahead and allow yourself to do some tests, to do some trial runs, and to... Um, to try on their their habits for size and just see if that could maybe work for you or some rendition of it could work for you. When we think about the physical and financial differences between spouses, Ellie, there can really be a lot of um, stress here because we've done it for the same way for so long that when our spouse says, let's just make a change, it's not necessarily easy. Right. Right, and that is so true. Um, you know, I think that we're always looking for, you know, the easy fix and the kind of microwave answer to a problem that has taken you months, years to get into, whether it's your fiscal or your physical health. I mean, you didn't get there overnight, and you're not going to get out of it overnight. But, you know, Dana loves to say that, you know, you do the right things for the right reasons and you trust God for the results. And that is true for both health and wealth. Uh, and you're, by doing the right things, you know, for your health, um, that may mean a variety of changes that you're going to make that at first will be difficult until they become a habit. And, of course, we know that, you know, it takes 21 days uh, to be able to break a bad habit and then about 28 or 30 days to s- establish a new one uh, that is something that becomes a new habit for you. And even if you just give this you know, new lifestyle type of choice, uh, 21 days, 28 days, I mean, you gave it six weeks, and that's even better. But maybe for some people out there, it's like, man, I don't know if I can do it six weeks. Maybe I'll try 21 days, and after that I might extend it to 28 or 30. And and to just see how you feel, uh, see if you're doing it on a financial level, how much debt that you can pay off, um, how much more money you can give because you have freed up your funds to be able to have that latitude to be able to give more uh, to people in need in your community, and just see how it works. 
Yeah, I love that. And the other thing is we can really get ourselves to do something temporarily where we wouldn't be able to get ourselves to do it for the, you know, what we talked about earlier. Is this sustainable? Like if you would have told me two years ago that I was going to every day, day after day after day, week after week after week, month after month after month, live without any meat or dairy or um, milk products or sugar, I would have just said it will never happen. But could I do right. it for six weeks? Yes, I could. And you know what? Then, then it allows it allows the um, the mind to start, you know, playing with the idea and start saying, you know, maybe that is a good idea. And look at this. And you know, this is a big change. But I think I see their logic behind it. And you can start to kind of get your head around it. This is Marty Sleberg. We're visiting today with Ellie K. We're going to come right back and talk about the one piece of financial and fitness advice that can really change everything for you from this day forward. We'll be right back. Do you ever need speakers for dinners, retreats, conferences, or other women's events? Check out www.womenspeakers.com. It's the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,500 Christian women speakers, some near you, and some from every level of experience and fee range you can imagine. So you're sure to find lots of great speaker options for you and your next event over at www.womenspeakers.com. That's Women Speakers. Well, welcome back. This is Marnie Sudberg. We're nearing the end of our hour, but right now we are going to spend just a couple of minutes talking about at the very end of your book, Ellie, you have this amazing section called Lean Body Fat Wally Total Recap Menu. <laughs> and I love it. These are just like bullet points to help us remember what it is that we were learning or what was the most important things to us. How did you guys come up with this section? I just love it. Well, it's kind of a cheat sheet for media in one regard because you don't even have to read the whole book. You can just go to the back and read the bullet points. But uh, that's not the reason we did it. We actually wanted something for a small group type of experience. So if people are going to uh, read a chapter a week or a chapter every other week and meet together with a lean body, fat wallet type of small group, then they would be able to have a recap right there and they could discuss very easily the main points of the chapter uh, by going through all the takeaway uh, items that are found therein. And by having these things kind of spelled out for you at the very end, you can kind of recap in your own mind and with other people what you want to do as you were reading. You thought, you know, I think I want to try that. And then you may forget it as you're reading the rest of the chapter, but then when you go back to this at the very end of the book, you'll be reminded of, oh, yes, you know, that was one thing that I needed to really start doing. I just love it because when I'm uh, doing the elliptical in the morning, one of the things I usually do is um, I have in front of me several pieces of paper that I go through almost every time, and it doesn't take me very long at all, but they've got the bullet points of what I have committed to do what I am looking forward to God doing in my life, what I believe the visions and dreams are that he's put in my heart, and I review those frequently. And what I see here at the end of the book is just you've done the legwork for us so that we could easily just grab the points that are most important to us and transfer them over to something like that. For example, you guys, like on page 214, there's one section called The Power of Incremental Change. So you could say, I know that incremental change compounds greatly over time and that small changes should not be underestimated. 
Incremental change can profoundly change my life. I need to pay attention to my small choices and intentionally add positive small steps that will move me in the right direction. And then you can just list the steps that you've chosen to make. Um, that's just one of them. There's the, the next one is design your substantial life. Step number one, decide what you want. Number two, decide where to start. Number three, decide what distracts. Number four, decide how to overcome obstacles. And number five, decide when to celebrate. And if you just answer those questions and just have those five steps and review them every single day, it's amazing how time and review uh, cement desires and goals into our hearts, making it more of a commitment instead of a whim, and it really gives us a lot more chance of success, doesn't it? Well, it really does. And, you know, I love your practice about how you take those pieces of paper and when you're on the elliptical, you kind of review them. And what I really like about that is not only are you reviewing it, but you've also said uh, that you pray over these things. And I think that, you know, if we want to have, you know, double, triple power when it comes to the changes that we want to make and the habits we want to begin to incorporate into our lives, just add prayer to it and just pray over these things on a regular basis. And I have found that when you add that dimension to it and be very specific about the type of things that, you know, you were just mentioning that we can add to our list uh, for every day of the week, then you're going to find that you're more equipped and you have the power within you uh, to be able to stick to your goals and to achieve them. Absolutely. Well, we're almost out of time, Ellie, and I want you to be sure to share the one piece of finance and fitness advice that can change everything from this day forward. Well, yes. You know, I believe um, that when it comes to changing our lives for this day forward, I believe it's really important to realize that the only failure that we can have is to continue to do nothing at all. But if you will start where you are and do what you can, then you will find that you will be able to reach your goals. And so just remember that you do the right things for the right reasons, whether it comes to your health or your wealth, and in doing those things, you can trust God for the results, and they're going to be good ones. I love that. Just start, go and do. And I always say be kind to you. Don't don't, you know, don't expect to just go from 0 to 60 miles an hour in, you know, 2 seconds. Just give yourself some time to change. Do small tests and do small trials and that's why I like to do the 21 day wins with people because it allows me to help them to pick a goal that's reasonable to start with instead of just trying to change the whole world all at once. Be kind to you and just start from where you are. And uh, be content with where you are on the way to where you're going. I, I love that concept of just just being where you are and then, and then going forward. Ellie, if you have one more thing to share with us today, go ahead and give us a closing thought. Yes. You know, I would like to just speak to people that are listening today that have maybe not been able to have a lean body and a fat wallet and, and that have struggled with that for years. And I just wanted to say to you that just give this over to God. Ask him where he wants you to start today. What's one step that you can take to be able to do that? He will meet you where you are because he has a plan and he has a goal for your health, for your wealth. And that is ultimately to be able to serve him in a kingdom way so that you can make a difference in your community. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Ellie. This has been great, and I know everybody's gotten a lot of benefit out of this. Thanks so much for your time today and for writing this book. 
Well, thank you, Marnie, so much for having me, and thank you for your ministry and what it is for doing um, for thousands of people around the world. We appreciate what you're doing. Oh, thanks. Well, you have a great day, and you guys have a great day. You want to go check out Ellie over at her website, lek.com. Again, the name of the book is Lean Body Fat Wallet. I hope you'll check that out, and I hope you'll be back with us again next time. For today, have a great one, and enjoy the rest of the week. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.